let's hear a story about Markham This is Lisa Orton with the weekly Markham Hill Moment of History. From Friends of Markham Hill, an effort to save the mountain from development and make it a nature, wildlife, historic, archaeology, and Native American preserve. In the middle of Fayetteville, adjacent to the University of Arkansas campus. We have two stories today that took place in the 1980s. The first story, Patsy Gelbreth's life on Markham Hill in the 1980s. And the second story, The Man Outside on Markham Hill. Patsy Gelbreth's life on Markham Hill in the 1980s. Oral and written account by Patsy, edited by Lisa Orton. My husband and I lived in the big house, the Pratt family home built in 1900, during the 1980s for about 10 years. We moved in when Craig and Alicia Whitfield, Mrs. Joy Markham's caregivers, moved out after Mrs. Markham and her sister Evangeline Archer died in 1976 and 1979. The big house and the surrounding 40 acres were co-owned by Evangeline's son, Julian Archer, and the University of Arkansas, since Mrs. Markham had willed her share to the U of A. They hired us to be the property managers, and we lived there rent-free. Once a month, we would collect the rent from the cabin dwellers and the owners of the horses pastured there. We took care of the property, and I did the books. My husband was good at fixing things. We mowed Mrs. Markham's yard, but the horses kept the pastures mowed. I even helped deliver a foal in the old barn, not part of my job description. All of us living up there felt like family. There were around 20 to 25 people in around 13 cabins ranging from very rustic with no plumbing and electricity to little houses with both. They were Evangeline's Cottage, the Raven House, and the Walnut House, north of Evangeline's Cottage, the Carriage House, opposite the big house at the end of the drive before entering the large pasture, the Twin Cabins, near where Julian and Jane Archer's log house now stands, the Pink House, near the water tower, used to be the dining hall during the Markham Camp days from 1921 to 1941, the Ward Pennington House, and then a bunch of rustic cabins, three near the old swimming pool, a couple near the old Ward Pennington house, and a couple on the right after entering the large pasture. All the rustic cabins are gone now except for one, which I believe is being used as an art studio getaway. The Raven House, Walnut House, Carriage House, and Pink House are all gone now. The Ward Pennington house is still standing a great study of an early 20th century farmhouse for archaeologists if they knew about it. The big house had a large foyer and staircase. There was a very large living room, a nice library full of books, and a dining room with a big dining table built by the Pratt men in the early 1900s. The large kitchen had an old wood stove, among other things. Beside this was the bathroom. There was a dance room with mirrors where the boy and girl campers from years past must have taken lessons. The rooms were furnished just as Mrs. Markham left them when she died. There were four bedrooms upstairs. There was an attic where I discovered Mrs. Markham's paintings leaning against each other in the sun shining through a window. I hung some of them in the house while I lived there. Julian Archer let me keep one of them when we moved out, Woman in Purple. 
The carriage house had a small living area beside the space where Mrs. Markham parked her Rolls Royce, which she owned until it burned in a fire. Then she bought a Bentley. Some renters put a washer and dryer in the carriage house basement. We had great fun on Markham Hill during the 1980s. Every Thursday, current and former residents and their friends gathered to play mush ball, even in the snow. Every year in October, a Fayetteville group had its pumpkin carving contest in the yard of the big house. Open Channel videotaped Christmas plays inside the house, with a stage at one end of the large living room and chairs filling up the rest of the room for the audience. There were many weddings, one being that of Crow Johnson Evans. For those not familiar with her, Books.Google.com writes, Award-winning songwriter-performer, Crow Johnson Evans has turned her efforts of the last decade to weaving stories and spinning yarns. Educated in zoology, she remains intrigued by nature and its interplay with human life and dreams. She lives in northwest Arkansas and enjoys echo-touring to see and photograph rare wildlife. Of course, there was also the filming of several scenes of The Blue and the Gray in 1981 and three months of filming Man Outside in 1985 on Markham Hill. Very exciting. When Julian Archer was growing up, he and his mother Evangeline planted hundreds of pine trees all over the mountain and its foothills. There is one trail in the woods on the west of the large meadow lined with these now 70-year-old pine trees. On the right side if you are walking south. Quiet and beautiful. You can't miss it. Coach McDonnell was a wonderful human being and ran on Markham Hill with his U of A cross-country team. They took such great care of the trails once a year, spending several weeks removing and replacing new perfect earth to run on. They were always so respectful and caring of the environment around them. The trails were lovely. University of Arkansas professors and students were often on Markham Hill for various kinds of studies. For example, observing the owls at night, studying the turtles, analyzing the amazing firefly area, and viewing the very old cedars in the front yard of the big house. Concerning the fireflies, there was a certain area at the entrance of a trail where thousands of fireflies lit up like a Christmas tree every night in June and July. They would stay in that area, never moving to any other area that I ever saw. It was a sight to behold. Our second story, Man Outside on Markham Hill. Man Outside, originally called Solitary Man, is a modestly budgeted independent romance thriller made and set in rural Arkansas. It was filmed in late 1985 and released in 1986. Man Outside was directed and co-written by Mark Stufer, brother of Arkansas-born documentary filmmaker Marty Stufer. Many Fayetteville locals were in the movie and several locations in Fayetteville were used, like the house at the intersection of Gregg and Prospect, the U of A, Mountain Inn, but mostly Markham Hill. Members of the band were also cast in the movie, Levon Helm in a leading role as a sheriff, Rick Danko as the father of a kidnapped boy, Garth Hudson as a recluse farmer, Vietnam vet living in the back cabin next to the old Ward Pennington house, and Richard Manuel as one of the vigilantes out to find the kidnapper. The synopsis of the movie, extracted from Encyclopedia of Arkansas, is, in an effective open sequence, Arkansas-born lawyer Jack 
played by Robert Logan, speeds his expensive sports car recklessly across Mississippi and Arkansas, finally crashing and abandoning the vehicle in the Ozark Woods. Remorseful that his wife had died in a house fire while he was out drinking, Jack becomes a hermit with enough funds to afford a house much nicer on the inside than the outside. He is friendly only with a few subsistence farmers, although college professor Grace, Kathleen Quinlan, makes some progress befriending the recluse. After a local boy disappears, Jack is first abducted and assaulted by vigilantes who accused him of the kidnapping and then rescued and jailed by sensible Sheriff Logan, Levon Helm. Grace helps him escape. Together they investigate and discover that the boy was abducted by local eccentric Simmons, Bradford Dillman. The boy is rescued and in a rush finale, Jack forgives himself for his wife's death and vows to reestablish contact with his son. He and Grace fall in love. In the movie, Ward Pennington's house is used as Jack's cabin and the old Pratt family home is used as the villain's house. Numerous Fayetteville locals played speaking and non-speaking roles. For example, Dr. Morris Henry had a small speaking part with Levon Helm shooting skeet in the pasture on top of Markham Hill. Actor Vaughn Reeves, who graduated from Fayetteville High School in 1969, played Kathleen Quinlan's sleazy husband. Patsy Grailbreath was living in the big house during the three months the Man Outside cast and crew were set up on Markham Hill. The big house is what everyone called the old Pratt family home, built in 1895 to 1900, where Mrs. Joy Markham grew up and lived until her death in 1976, and which was renovated in 2006 by her nephew to become the Pratt Inn we know today. Patsy reminisced, I didn't cook a meal for three months. They had huge tables of food set up every day, and it was great. The Stufer brothers wanted to use our house for a few days for shooting, so they put me and my husband up, class act, at the Hilton. I got pregnant during that time with my one and only. Loads of local folks were used. The movie didn't do much, but it sure was fun and everybody had a grand time. For photos corresponding to these stories, go to Facebook group Friends of Markham Hill. To keep up with our effort to save the entire 144-acre Markham Hill property from development and make it a preserve, join our Facebook group, Friends of Markham Hill, sign our petition, and ask the developer, Specialized Real Estate Group, that's Jeremy Hudson and Seth Mims, and the out-of-state owner, Robert M. Dant, to please be willing to sell the entire property to a conservationist or group who will preserve it all. This is Lisa Orton with the weekly Markham Hill Moment of History.